Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. It's no secret that folk music, Americana, and singer-songwriters are the musical sources closest to my heart, for that was my coming-of-age music decades ago. I'm always enchanted when those of succeeding generations grab the styles, make them their own, and infuse them with their own power and beauty. That's what Cora Feeder, today's Song of the Soul guest, does. Certainly, Cora comes from a gifted lineage with parents like Rita Hosking and Sean Feeder, but her music is all her own, infused with the passions and life lessons of a 24-year-old who has already put in years living in and exploring the globe, notably around Asia. She paints the sky with her voice and lyrics and plucks heartstrings with her guitar-dancing fingers. Cora Feeder joins us via Skype from Brooklyn, New York. Cora, I'm really excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thanks for having me. It's so wonderful the way that we connect up. Now, you're in New York. You're in Brooklyn now, but you used to be a West Coast person. And how did this all happen and when did it happen? Yeah, so I live in Brooklyn now, but I'm from Davis, California, which is home of UC Davis, college town near Sacramento. I went to college abroad mostly through a school called LIU Global, and then that kind of dropped me in New York a couple of years ago, and I haven't left. <laughs> and for those of us who are not from New York, LI stands for Long Island, folks. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were talking ahead of time, and it turns out I knew something about that college because it used to be. It started about 50 years ago as a Quaker, a really small Quaker school, and then slowly grew and is now an accredited university connected to LIU here. Yeah, it's so funny that you have heard of it because it's a really small program. I was one of 12 people in my graduating class, <laughs> and the classes are usually about that size. But back in the day, it was a bunch of people with journals going out in the world by themselves and journaling and kind of learning by experience. And it, it's still a very much experiential education-based program, but also accredited and full of, you know, essays and stuff. <laughs> it's not that strange that I would know something about that, considering I'm Quaker. And, you know, I probably know at least 0.1% of all of the 300,000 Quakers in the world. So <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've traveled around most of these countries and places and had experience with them. How did you end up in that school, given that you were over in Davis? You could have gone to UC Davis, right? Yeah, my parents both went to UC Davis. I actually, I did go to UC Santa Cruz for a year for my freshman year and then kind of was just stir crazy and done with California college towns and knew I really wanted to travel, but also wanted to stay in school and just found this program, I think through someone from Davis who had went and I moved to China from Santa Cruz and it was <laughs> probably the best decision I could have made, even though it was a little bit crazy at the time. To China? How did that, that it's not the same direction? It was just kind of, the, I transferred in, and that was one of the options for that semester. And I was living in Hangzhou at a university there for a semester. 
And my understanding from your website and folks that is corafeeder.com, feeder is F-E-D-E-R, corafeeder.com, you have a degree in global studies with a focus on songwriting. Those are not things that people normally put together. So this is actually not a focus on songwriting, but it's a focus on songwriting as empowerment in indigenous and migrant communities, which is like the official title. Basically, the whole degree is global studies, but then when you're in your senior year, you get to choose a topic and a place to focus on it. And I ended up in Thailand working for a nonprofit there that does workshops with indigenous and migrant youth in the region, and they usually do theater with the kids. And I ended up doing songwriting, so then kind of wrote a case study on that experience, and that turned into a thesis. And so that's where that part comes into the degree. But it's the school doesn't offer songwriting classes or anything like that. I would just kind of like worked it in in ways that I could. Most of the time in your music, you're on the guitar, right? That's what you perform your songs with? Or am I just not, uh, I'm seeing a subsection of what you play. Yeah, so I mean, everything I'm doing currently is on guitar because I write my own music on my guitar and do solo shows with it. But I grew up playing in my parents' band and I was never playing guitar then. I was always playing mandolin, banjo, a little bit of violin, singing. So people often, yeah, don't, realize that I do other stuff, understandably. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started off with some of your wonderful music. I'm so grateful that you've shared it with me and that it found its way across. I mean, actually, it was someone from Lopez Island who connected me up with you. That's right, Sue Demond. Yeah, well, we could start, since we were talking about China and my school and stuff, we could start with a song called Written in Change, which I wrote during that semester in China. I actually know this song, but could you explain where it comes from in your experience there in China? Yeah, so we spent a couple weeks in Lijiang, which is a southwestern area of China, kind of edge of the Himalayas. We spent a day studying these thousand-year-old homes in the town that have been turned into a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So they've kind of, just in the last 20 years or so, gone from people's actual homes to, like, little bars and keychain shops and, like, dress up as a, a Nashi person. Nashi are the people who used to live there dress up as a Nashi person and get your photo with this cup and just kind of like classic Disneylandish type of site. And a professor of mine had a friend who was Nashi and used to have family in these places and kind of saw the whole change firsthand. And he, we just had a really interesting conversation with him in his home and he was sad about the whole thing, but also kind of surprisingly okay with it. This is just basically inspired by this man who had seen all this change and had so many different inspiring and kind of surprising views on it. That's why we'll listen to Written in Change. It's from Cora Feeder's first release, Marigolds. A tourist, what's a tourist? It's a profit for a businessman. And I rent my home to a businessman because he pays me. And I've got kids with dreams and people. You come from miles around to play, dress up in my grandma's gowns. You read the word authenticity, but that's a laughing matter to me. Oh, what is authenticity? Cause they carved out our lives and filled history with neon lights. Come all you fickle fellows, drink your sorrows away tonight in my kitchen. You'll find a bartender who knows not where he stands. And in the back there is a jukebox that'll play all your favorite bands. And I used to complain, but they all say life is written in change and time. It never stays the same 
back in the day, the olden day before businessmen came our way. Grandma would sit on the front steps and she'd see stars. Now all I hear is cars, 'cause that quiet night sky is gone. It's here, but to a different song. The lights from the clubs they will blind you. Oh, nothing but the walls have stayed true. Oh, everything but the walls is brand new. 'Cause they carved out our lives and filled history with neon lights. Come all you thick old fellows, drink your sorrows away tonight in my kitchen. You'll find a bartender who knows not where he stands, and in the back there is a jukebox. It'll play all your favorite. Bands and I used to complain, but they all say life is written in change, and time it never stays the same. So here I am today, here now. Another person in the crowd. I live in an apartment on the fourth floor with a big white door. You say you read all about the Nashi, but does your brochure talk about me? Does yesterday mean anything in today's history? Does your brochure say anything about me? I don't think your brochure says anything about me. They carved out our lives and filled history with neon lights. Come all you fickle fellows, drink your sorrows away tonight in my kitchen. You'll find a bartender who knows not where he stands, and in the back there is a jukebox that'll play all your favorite bands. And I used to complain, but they all say life is written in change and time. It never stays. Life is written in change and time. It never stays the same. Written in change is Cora Feeder's first song she's sharing here today for Song of the Soul. Uh, that is from a release, an EP release, I think, a while ago called Marigolds, and she since has a full CD release, and we'll be talking about that later. But one of the things that you commented on, Cora, was the attitudes about the change were maybe more easygoing. The people who were there in that place. Had their culture changed? I mean, the whole identity ends up needing to be changed because of the solidification of the Chinese identity. Mm-hmm. We're still wrestling with those things in the U.S. The indigenous、mm-hmm. people, the Native Americans, the First Nations people. Are you saying that the attitude there by this man and by the people is different than what we have here in the U.S.? No, I don't think I don't think it's different. I think in his case, he was sad to see his culture being changed and represented in ways that he didn't see fit. But he was also kind of realistic in the fact that when his family was living in these old stone homes, they were in poverty and not living well and being really mistreated by the Chinese government and by people in the area who were not them. And so, by selling these homes to UNESCO and to the government, they were able to. Buy apartments and kind of improve their lifestyle in a lot of ways, and sort of like yeah, basically improve their lifestyle in ways. And, and it, so it's sad, but it's also kind of got them out of poverty in a lot of ways. And 
so I think he he tries to see it from both sides. You know, he wishes that his grandkids knew more about their ancestors' culture and practiced more things that he practiced as a kid, but he also is happy that they can go to school and get an education and knows that if it weren't for this new big change, they might not have had that opportunity. Well, let's keep going with some of your wonderful music. Again, folks, we're speaking with Cora Feeder, and she's got two recordings and I imagine other songs that uh, you could trundle out, as you just mentioned. So what's next? Why don't we do Still We Write? Okay. And again, global studies is what you were doing, and you have this particular sensitivity, I think, to indigenous people, to minority cultures. Is that a fair thing to say? Is that who Cora Feeder is? I definitely studied that a lot through the school, but I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on the subject compared to many, many people. But I definitely care about those issues a lot. I think Written and Change is one of the main songs on that topic that I have. Partly, I note that this song, Still We Write, addresses the pain of war, Mm -hmm. amongst other things. And given that you're 24, this college experience might have been a couple years in the past that you're traveling, or maybe even more recent, I don't know. But any particular war experience that you're addressing? They're going on all over the, the world, and so, I mean, you've got a lot to choose from, really. Yeah, definitely. So I started writing Still We Write in Thailand. I mentioned earlier that I worked for this organization there who worked with indigenous and migrant youth. And in Thailand, if you're born indigenous, you're not given citizenship. And there, I mean, there are just like tons and tons of reasons why indigenous and migrant people there are being treated horribly. They're in camps and being trafficked and all these horrible things. So it does feel like, I think, it's just little wars all over the place in that region. So I started writing this there. I think that probably inspired it to some extent. But this is very much a song about the United States. And I think I was writing it, it was 2016, so it was election season. And I was kind of watching, I was like living this life in Thailand, setting these issues, feeling very close to all these issues, but then also watching my own country kind of crumble in a different sense across the ocean and seeing everything on the news and talking to friends and having a little bit of hope and then having all that hope come crashing down but being so far away from it this is a very odd time so this actually started with just a little guitar part that i was playing for a it was like the background sound of my a commercial for my friend's t-shirt company and I, so i was kind of <laughs> writing that for that and then started just like complaining about the united states over the sound of my t-shirt commercial guitar part and then realized this song might come out of it <laughs> And we have the song Still We Write. It's by Cora Feeder. It's off of her new release, In Sevens. Ceiling fan blows hair into my eyes. Grocery line in summer heat. What would Washington What would he think of you and me? Suits lined up for recognition Money rules and takes and kills Get in line, there will be better times They say, pump that oil 
tree and paint it in the sky. Here in this galaxy, we still wonder why. Cause we are sailing in an endless sea of pain and war tonight. And you and me. So very happy to have Cora Feeder here today for Song of the Soul, her song Still We Write. And as I said, she's just very recently released In Sevens. And uh, you want to mention a little bit about uh, the genesis of this whole recording? I mean, Still We Write is one of the songs on it. Yeah, so it just was released on April 2nd, 2019. And I've been working on it for what feels like forever, but more like a year these are songs that I've kind of been collecting and writing for the last probably five years during college and after and before. But I finally got the time and resources to do a big fundraiser last summer and fall. And then I got to go work with Rich Brotherton, who's an amazing musician and producer in Austin, Texas in October. A lot of the songs have him playing various instruments on them. 
yeah, I've been continuously fundraising to make it happen and finally released it in April, and I'm super excited about it. And Cora's website is corafeeder.com. Cora is K-O-R-A. Feeder is F-E-D-E-R.com. Any of those spellings is problematic for you. Come by NordenSpiritRadio.org. We've got the information on there to connect up with Cora. And so, again, still we write. What age did you start writing songs at? In this song, you refer to writing poetry. Uh, which came first? You know, I'm not really a poet. Like, I don't really write poetry that much. I have written some just for fun, kind of with friends and stuff. But I definitely prefer writing with music. But I think poetry, in this in this song at least, represents just art to me. And kind of the need to kind of just like, after all the craziness and after all the war and pain and everything, like, all we really can do, or like, what was one of the things that we can do still is make art and no one can stop that. And we've got to keep doing it or else what's the point? <laughs> so it's clear to me that you're sensitive to a lot of issues here. I mean, you've got the line in there about toy guns and toy stores and power and all of this kind of thing. You're native, I guess, to California, Northern California. Does that automatically guarantee you're going to be liberal? <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, no. California is a very mixed place. Davis is a pretty liberal bubble, for sure. And I was definitely raised on the hippie liberal side of things. But evidently, these are values that at least at one point had a significant part of your heart with them, right? I mean, there are people who grow up hippie and, and become conservative demagogues. And, you know, I mean, it, it happens in both directions. No, and I, I definitely, I have family members who are conservative and definitely grew up aware that I was in a bubble and that there was a lot more happening <laughs> outside of it. But yeah, definitely the college opened my mind to a lot more sides of everything and made me a lot more angry and worried and sad about the whole thing. And how are you feeling today? Angry, worried, sad, hopeful? <laughs> I mean, where where are you at in your life right now? Well, we could we could play another song maybe that would address that a little bit. I don't know. I think I'm mixed. I mean, I, I'm still kind of just angry, worried, sad, but often hopeful. You've got a road behind you and some amazing experiences. What has it produced in you that leads up to, you know, your 24th year on the planet? Well, I'm living in New York and kind of for the first time, just like being a grown human in the United States, paying rent and working a bunch of little jobs and trying to make music a thing. I'm less in the kind of college world of like, read this really intense article about this horrible thing and then have an analytical discussion about it. But I still try to read as much as I can and be as, as up-to-date as I can on issues that I care about. I think my song, um, No Answers, which maybe we could play next, I think it's the most recent song that I've written off of In Sevens and maybe addresses a little bit of how I'm feeling about things. Well, let's listen to it and then talk about it afterwards. The song is by Cora Feeder. It's called No Answers. Chasing the flame that brings and takes away pain We flock and we fumble for a chance that we'll stumble into right With hope in our hearts We pretend we know the parts But I'm just a stack of bones and two green eyes And I have no answers, no answers, no answers 
I worry that I preach and I don't simply see all that's around me, all that I can touch and know. Cause when it comes to the day, they burn me to the grave. I will have nothing but the friendships I have sown. beautiful song by Cora Feeder here today for Song of the Soul. No Answers is the song we're going to talk about in a moment, but first I want to remind you, you are listening to Song of the Soul, a Northern Spirit Radio production. NorthernSpiritRadio.org is our website. Cora's site is K-O-R-A-F-E-D-E-R, CoraFeeder.com. The link's on NorthernSpiritRadio.org, so don't freak out about having to spell that. Cora is not a name I've run into a lot, by the way, Cora, so <laughs> I am I can imagine that people would misspell it easily. Also on our site, you'll find uh, links to all of our guests since 2005, so you can track them down through that. All the listening is free. Come to NorthernSpiritRadio.org to have that. Post a comment when you come. Communication is a vastly underemphasized trait in our society. There's a lot of passive-aggressive goes on there, and there's also a lot of absence because people, I do think, get overwhelmed by the amount of communication possible in our world. But please do post a comment when you visit. Also, there's a donate button. This is full-time work supported 
by listeners, not by government, not by corporations. Click donate when you come. And remember to support your local community radio station. It appears we're now up over 41 stations carrying Northern Spirit radio programs across the U.S. And so they need your support. Start by supporting them because local news and local music is so absolutely crucial. Start out by supporting them. And then remember that we're talking to Cora Feeder here today for Song of the Soul. Unfortunately, Sue Dumont connected me up with Cora. Thank you to Sue and Cora. I'm just loving the music, and we just listened to No Answers and talk about uh, a song that speaks to my heart, and it, it so clearly speaks of your experience. How did you get to No Answers? Because uh, there's a, a place of certainty that many of us come through when we think we know all the answers, and evidently you've got over that. Yeah, I mean, I often worry that I come off, especially like with my songwriting, I often talk about like global issues and other people's stories that I'm kind of retelling in my own way. And I worry that I come off as kind of preachy, like, this is how it is, this is what I've learned, and you should listen to me, la la la. And I don't want to come off that way at all, because I don't feel like I know that much in the scheme of things, large scheme of things. So this song is kind of my reality check to myself and to everybody else, just to remind everyone that no one has the answers. There's a line in it in the last verse that says, I wrote this little song to remind me that I'm wrong in case I tell myself I always know what's right. So I think that's kind of like you were asking before, like where I am now. And I think I'm just trying to figure it all out. But I think I'm sort of, I don't know, especially with the politics of the world and everyone thinking that they're right and they have the answers. And also with people my age kind of making life choices, like I'm going to be this career and this profession and this kind of person. And I feel like I'm just kind of here like, I don't know. I just don't know. But I'm going to keep chugging along. <laughs> well, I'm grateful you are chugging along. I, I, again, since I'm 40 years older than you are, I have been exposed to different music as my coming of age. And one of them, the groups that was formative for me was the Moody Blues. And one of their songs is, I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band, which someone you know you want to know about this and that and my opinions on everything in the world hey i'm just a singer in a rock and roll band mm-hmm. is a, a wonderful response i have no doubt though but that cora feeder is a very smart and educated person you've had experiences <laughs> that do enlighten you right yeah but also another lyric from the song is i'm just a stack of bones and two green eyes which is also what i am just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm very different than that because I have blue eyes. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep moving along so we can get in all of the music that you picked out. What would you like to share next? Let's do "I'd Be a Maria." And Maria, of course, is this very good Catholic name. I grew up Catholic, <laughs> and so it was natural. I mean. Every boy of my generation is supposed to think at least for a while about being a priest. I don't suppose you ever wanted to be a nun or maybe in a previous reincarnation you were one? Uh, I don't think so. I, I am no religions, but I mean, there are none really in my upbringing. But I was a big Sound of Music fan, so maybe considered being a nun for a second or two there, just so I could hang out with Julie Andrews. Um, (laughs) Good taste, good taste. (laughs) The chorus of the song is just a reference to that movie. (laughs) 
So I wrote this actually, it's one of the first songs I ever wrote that I shared with people and that I've recorded. I wrote it before college in late high school and I was painting with a friend. Um, there's a line, today I painted seven pictures. I was painting with a friend and she was asking about my love life, which I kind of notoriously don't like talking about and especially didn't at that time. because I was kind of just like loner, anti-high school kind of person. <laughs> um, anti like youth, like I only wanted to hang out with people older than me and just felt like I didn't fit in like many high schoolers. But so she was asking about my love life and I didn't have anything to say. And so I just kind of like brushed it off and she was like, well, if you want to go be a nun, that's fine. Um, <laughs> joke. And I was like, okay, like maybe I will. Um, and then later that, I think it was like later that week I was thinking about the comment cause it was just kind of hilarious to me that I would become a nun and was thinking about, I don't know. I think I was just thinking about hopeless romantics and, independence and people kind of this cultural and societal like ex expectation for young girls to like have a big crush on someone or be trying to date the football person or you know just all the expectations about relationships and young love and I just sort of didn't want to be a part of any of it and this is sort of my ode to that. Well I'm still left with the question of whether you are a hopeless romantic because I, I love hopeless romantics. My wife isn't one by the way. I am her hopeless romantic. Uh, <laughs> what do you like? I mean yeah I think when you listen to the song clearly I, I am saying I am a hopeless romantic for you in the chorus but I'm also just like kind of an independent loner type person like I'm totally happy spending most of my time by myself. I think I definitely am a hopeless romantic, but I don't talk about it very much. And it's always sort of been like a very private part of my personality. Well, I'm so glad that you're willing to expose <laughs> us to that hopeless romantic here today for Song of the Soul. The song is I'd Be a Maria by Cora Feeder. Today I painted seven pictures. Each one came out a shade of blue. Tonight I laid down my sinking head And all I thought about was you And people wondered where is my affection Why does she paint in only blue I don't go parading my pick of the lot But quietness, my friend, is my kind of truth they say I'm headed for the hills Where I'll sing at the Abbey Alone with myself But I know that if I was a nun I'd be a Maria Cause I'm a hopeless romantic for you Yeah, I'm a hopeless romantic for you They say I was a hermit in another life And I know I was also a Juliet I prefer rainfall to sunny days And there is nothing like the ocean at sunset And yes, I value my independence I think more people should and you can call me the lonely queen I guess 
I just don't mind being misunderstood They say I'm headed for the hills Where I'll sing at the alley Alone with myself But I know that if I was a nun I'd be a Maria Cause I'm a hopeless romantic for you Yeah, I'm a hopeless romantic for you Ooh, ooh, ooh they wanna say But ooh, 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 not today I don't wanna put my heart out to dry And with that you're gonna have to be just fine Each will turn out a shade of blue And I'll just say, oh, I love the sky But you know I'll be thinking of you Ooh, ooh, So we have with us here today for Song of the Soul, Maria Feeder. Oh, no, I know it's not. It's Cora Feeder, Cora Feeder, her song, I'd Be a Maria, from her very recent, just this past month, released in sevens. And remember to go to CoraFeeder.com, K-O-R-A-F-E-D-E-R.com. And I'm so grateful that you could join us from Brooklyn for today's Song of the Soul, Cora. Thanks for having me. And that, you said, was the first song. I mean, it's before college. You're still in high school when you wrote that one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still have your fixation with Julie Andrews? And uh, Yeah, honestly, she. I, I grew up with like three channels on the TV and a few VHS tapes. So my parents were pretty anti-screen time. And we had The Sound of Music, Eloise at Christmas Time, which is also a Julie Andrews classic in my opinion. And so she she became just like my favorite nanny British woman <laughs> and just person in general. <laughs> she's she's kind of like a plays a motherly nanny role in both both films. So yes, I do love her. And is she the origin of your British accent? <laughs> uh, we were talking beforehand. I sometimes turn on a British accent. Probably. I also loved the parent trap, the Lindsay Lohan version, which has a an English part to it as well. But I definitely love doing it occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) It's really embarrassing. (laughs) Perhaps not as peculiar as if you went into a complete Mandarin or whatever accent or (laughs) something from Thailand. (laughs) That's harder, yeah. It is, yeah. Let's keep going with your music. We've got a couple more songs you want to include. And next up, you'd like to feature? Sure, let's do Ballad to Feel. Okay, and give us some background on this. Again, this is from your recording, Marigolds, which is now the old recording. So this song I wrote in northern Ontario on an island in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And it's one of those songs that I didn't really go into with a plan or know what I was going to write about. It just sort of had to happen. sounds sort of cheesy, but 
usually I go into a song and I'm like, all right, I'm going to write about this generally and this is how it's going to go down. And this one I just sort of wrote. And it's always had a near and dear place in my heart because of that. But I'll, I'll give you the story of when I wrote it and then we can maybe talk about the meaning of it more after. But basically I wrote it and then the only people around were these this group of 13-year-old girls. But I was kind of desperate to play for someone. So I played it for them and their response was, was that about Pokemon Go? Which is which is like this app where you stare at your phone all day and Pokemon on your phone. I don't, I don't even have it. I don't know what it is. But I was horrified that that's what they thought the song was about. But then realized it's actually kind of a genius comment because it is sort of about Pokemon Go. So you can listen to it and see if you hear what I mean. <laughs> Ballad to feel, Cora Feeder. Burn me like they do in Varanasi Yearn for me Get down on your knees Need me Make me feel like water Show me Why we even bother In the world these days We don't feel just look away in the world these days no one knows your name Mm-mm. paint me let the colors fill my eyes write me I want your words to make me Cry, oh, dance me Spin me till I'm out of lungs Sculpt me Mold me like clay under the sun In the world these days We don't feel, we just look away In the world these days No one knows your name stars find me when time has left its scars and I will choose you in the darkest of times I will sing you to sleep every night in the world these days we will feel we won't look away these days I will know your name mm-hmm. two years ago Cora Feeder released Marigolds and that was one of the songs from that release it's called Ballad to Feel and I unfortunately have never played 
Pokemon Go. <laughs> I, I do know what it is. I'm moderately educated, and in fact, I'm, I've been a computer programmer consultant, so I'm not really anti-technology, except that there is part of me which is Luddite, too. So <laughs> how, could you explain to me the, how that fits for Pokemon Go? Yeah, so I think, I mean, I haven't played Pokemon Go either, so maybe it's not a good example, but I think this song for me is really about just wanting to experience and be in the present and feel everything and see everything and touch everything and not be focused on stuff that's not in the present. And in that, like, be making art and be moved by art and, like, the elements, water, fire. It's a very abstract song, and I still sometimes, like, don't understand really what I'm saying, but I think the point of it at all is just a reminder to just sort of live in the present and don't get caught up on your screen or on your, with your thoughts about other things, just to be and appreciate. There is a tendency amongst people who are close observers of much going on in the world to take a spiral turn down and down and down because there there's so much that one could pay attention to that's distressing. Do you end up having to deal with those cycles and maybe even towards depression uh, because of the horrendous things that are in your eyes? Is that a tendency that you have at all? I, I, I've seen that you're a keen observer, a heart close to the world. Many people get depressed by that. Is that a tendency that you have? Or uh, some of us have emotional raincoats on and the, the emotions slide right off. I have a feeling your heart is more vulnerable than that. I mean, I like to think that it is, but I think we all fall into the raincoat trap, especially, I mean, with just like so much media getting thrown at us. It's easy to just kind of let it all go into the same pot and feel a little bit sad about things, but not really do anything or care that much i mean yeah part of the song is like trying to remind myself to think about things a little deeper and like slow down and not just keep swiping through the news cycle but focus on one thing and do something about it or talk about it or something one of the other things i noticed in your song you i think you said that uh, your home family uh, religion was not part of it and i was yeah. i was kind of having listened to all of in sevens, all of the full CD, you refer to, you know, sitting in, I think, probably lotus pose, sitting in meditation and slow, sore joints and getting up from that. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, the monks going by and the meditation and all of that. Is meditation a thing that you've done or do? Or was that just part of what you saw passing through? The meditation song on the record is, if you listen to it, it's actually like, my mind going crazy while I try to meditate, but me never actually successfully meditating. Through the Global Studies degree, we did study religion a lot in various contexts, and a lot of Buddhism, because I was in Asia a lot, and, and a lot of other religions too. And, and I, yeah, it's I'm fascinated and concerned and excited about religion all the time. I just think it's, I mean, especially I think because I grew up without any of it, really. It's just like this foreign, weird, cool, hard-to-understand thing that I'm always grappling with. And so there are definitely a lot of references to it in various ways on the record. And meditation is an obvious one. And that the line from that is meditate. It's about meditating for seven years in a cave, which is what Buddha did to gain enlightenment. And that's one of the reasons that it, the sevens are in the title. Why was he doing it in a cave? I, th I thought he was supposed to be sitting under the tree for seven years. Well, he did it in a lot of places, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing it for many, many years. But 
there was a period where he spent seven years in a cave. <laughs> and I actually went to that cave and sat in it for a bit. And you reached enlightenment. Well, no. Clear, if you listen to the record, I clearly did not reach enlightenment. <laughs> actually, the, the final song that we'll listen to, it's called Lists, has a line um, very much about religion and my feelings about it in the lyrics. Well, we are getting near the end of our time together, so tell me a little bit more about Lists, and then we'll listen to it, and we'll say goodbye. But Lists, say a little bit more about it. So it's it's the opening track on Sevens, and I think one of my favorites on the record, and it's pretty abstract and weird. It started because my mom, I think she like found something at home, some little paper I had written at home in Davis that was like a list of things, like a list of my friends or like colors or something. I forget what it was. But I, I did love to make lists as a kid, like just write lists of like food that I like or, you know, I don't know, stuff I like, friends, who's my best friend in this order, <laughs> like just weird stuff that doesn't had no real meaning. But and I still I've my desk is full of little lists and stuff. So that's kind of how it started. It was just like the first lyric is make me a list and make it simple. And then it just sort of like takes a turn and talks about death and religion. And I think it's very much a song for me about living in New York City. I wrote it here and it's being in New York is sort of this like beautiful and tragic thing at the same time. It's like so many people and so crowded and so claustrophobic and just like you could get hit by anything at any time. (laughs) But it's also this kind of beautiful mix of people and cultures and arts and stuff. So yeah, this is just sort of a another kind of questioning who I am, what the world is, what's the point of everything song, and it's the opening track. And so it's appropriate that we share the opening track as the last song for Cora Feeder's Song of the Soul. We're going to listen to Liss, but first I just have to say, Cora, I am so, so just very excited, pleased, enchanted with you, with your music, and with the fact that Sue Dumont connected us together. I am just so pleased that you've introduced me to the deep currents of your soul. It's beautiful to watch from this side, and I am just wishing you the best on the rest of the journey. You've got so much more of it ahead of you. So thank you for channeling it through music and for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Mark, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure, and it's it's great to talk to someone who wants to hear the, the deep, weird parts of it all. I appreciate it. <laughs> deep and weird is beautiful. <laughs> I have a thing I say with my grandchildren who say, Grandpa, you're weird. And I say to them, why, thank you. I love you, too. And <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's a great compliment. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Cora. And this is Liss by Cora Feeder. Thank you to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Lists.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.